Record Collections and Recollections. Out of the Box on FBI Radio. Hey, Emily Elvish with you on FBI Radio 94.5, streaming online or on the podcast, this is Out of the Box. It's the place where every Thursday from 12 to 1, we'll dive into one guest record collection, the stories from their life and how those things move together. Today, my guest and I are broadcasting from Redfern, which is on unceded Gadigal land. I would like to pay my respects to Gadigal elders, past and present, and recognize the ongoing colonial violence committed across this country. Out of the Box is a program where we share stories through music. First Nations people have been sharing stories across this country for millennia. I would like to acknowledge the history and significance of these traditions. I would like to further extend this respect to any First Nations person listening in today. Wherever you're tuning in from so-called Sydney, this land always was and always will be Aboriginal land. This week on Out of the Box, we're joined by a guest whose work you would hear daily here on FBI. He's crafted beats for the likes of Latifa T, 1300 and Pania, among countless others. His joint EP with DeAndre Opboys was easily one of the rawest projects released last year. But beyond the studio, our guest world is layered and constantly expanding. He's a storyteller, a friend, and easily one of the hardest working creatives in so-called Sydney. I'm so privileged to be joined by artist, producer, and DJ Sully. Thank you so much for joining us today. Wow, that was crazy. I was like, damn, who is that guy? <laughs> what are you <laughs> <Wow>. talking about? <laughs> no, nah, um, yeah, it's been it's great to be here. I appreciate you having me on, Emily. This is this is really cool. Of course. I'm so excited to dive in to learn a little bit more about the stories you have. I remember um, when we were fir- when we first found out you were coming on the show, Darren, our programs coordinator, was like, "I'm so excited. Solly oh, has sick. the best stories to tell." Oh, the cool, best. cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> shout out to Darren. Shout so out cool. to Darren. I would love to just rewind a little bit and take a look at your early life. Yeah. What kind of role did music play in your house when you were little? I feel like music was just something that was so. It was like it was like a fact of life, you know. Like, um, I don't think I realized how much music actually meant until, you know, you grow up and you, and you cross paths with people that don't have it in their life, you know, and you you go like, oh, isn't isn't everything supposed to be like this? You know what I mean? Because because your worldview is just that's reality. Like that's that's it. So you know, you cross paths with other um, walks of life and then you realize like oh i didn't realize how much music actually mattered to me or how much it was just like a um just an unspoken thing almost you know i grew up with it in church uh like um so i i grew up in uh the mormon church and in the mormon church you know we we used to sing like hymns um i grew up islander as well and you know music is such a big part of um Samoan culture uh your pacifica culture in general you know and that's how you know messages and stories are used to communicate um ideas and um you know so through through that through just you know having music as just kind of being like a base almost you know it's like the way we have skin the way we have eyes you know what i mean like um other other music you'd hear other music out from from the world and influences and and this that and the third and then you know it just kind of all coalesces in your brain almost so yeah i almost consider music like a like a leg or like an arm you know what i mean it's just so so a part of me that i can't even I don't know. I didn't. I didn't even really want to imagine what it's like without it. You know. That's such a beautiful way to look at it. I'm so interested. Was your experience with music in church? Was that your first experience going from a listener to actually creating music and being part of that? Um, 
Honestly, yeah. Like, but you know, I don't. Re- I didn't realize it at the time. You know, because it's just, yeah, it's just like your life. So you just think everyone does this. You know what I mean? But yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, definitely in church. You know, because they would encourage us to to sing. Um, you know, the the kids songs, the children's songs, and so you know, we'd have to. Um, we were all in like a choir, and then we'd all have to be, you know, singing in in harmony and things like that. You know, things that I just thought were so like oh yeah this is this is how it is but um yeah then you come to realize that yeah it's just it, this is actually oh it's actually very early you know that i've been exposed to to all of this so yeah it, it really was like church that kind of just gave me my first indication of oh this is music and then you know through that you hear music from elsewhere and on the radio or on the tv and then you know you like certain sounds and so yeah i think i think yeah it would have been maybe like three or four or something i think i remember first hearing like my first memory being of music you know what i mean so yeah it's been around that long wow wow and i've read somewhere that in school you used to freestyle over beats in the playground oh my god yeah (laughs) yeah fully um yeah like you know i was just always a curious kid as well so you know um hip-hop was also a big thing growing up because you know like if if you just have a Pacifica background, I feel like that's just almost like a prerequisite. Like hip hop is going to be played in your house, you know, whether you like it or not. You know, thankfully I liked it. So, you know, um, it just came to it that, you know, there's other Pacifica kids in my school, you know, and then they all kind of shared the same appreciation for hip hop. I mean, Zahn's sitting right in the corner over there. Um, he's one of those Pacifica kids that also shared the same love for it, you know. Um, and so, you know, you just grow to be like, Oh, you know, this this kid likes likes this beat or this kid likes this thing and then you know, or this this um the the guy in year ten, like, oh yeah, he can rap or he can freestyle and then you go and you're like a little year seven, you're like, Whoa, whoa, what like they're like coming up with things off the top of their head. I wanna do that, you know what I mean? And you just get so G'd up, you know, especially for me being so curious, I was like, Oh, I wanna try that, I wanna try that. So yeah, it was almost like I remember just being just being like in year nine, just like every recess, just like going sitting underneath the tree, like at the um you know what spot I'm talking about. It was like there's like this like kind of like open playground and I had this twenty five dollar mochi speaker. Um it was like the green ones and we just used to connect it and just rap over like I don't even know, it was like like Della Beats or just rap over um, who else was like big at the time so many other producers you know what I mean but it was just such a formative experience that I didn't realize stretched into what I do today you know what I mean or who I like to share music with today you know so yeah it's from that from that early oh it's so good I'd love to just rewind for a second and jump into your first track this is yeah. one you've picked from UB40 maybe tomorrow <laughs> yeah <laughs> why have you chosen this one Okay, so, you know, in, in like, most Pacifica households, UB40 just happens to have a very strong, uh, just a very strong energy, and they just, their music just manages to resonate really strongly with, with you know, our people, and I'm not, I'm not exactly sure why that is, you know, it's like a bunch of white British guys doing, like, covers of old pop songs, you know, in reggae form, you know, um, but for some reason, you know, every, like, most Pacifica folk just have a memory of a UB40 song playing in the house, and Maybe Tomorrow um, was the first ever UB40 song I ever remember playing, and uh, I, I just think so fondly of it, because I attach it to, you know, um, family barbecues, I attach it to my uncles, who I love dearly, you know, just showing me music that they grew up on, and this is obviously one of the songs, or I attach it to my mom, you know, like singing it out loud, and that was one of my first, you know, very early memories of music, so, um, 
and that goes that goes not just for this song but for you know majority of you know old classic ub40 songs so um and and reggae as well reggae just is just you know one of those genres which i think just touches you know me and my soul and i think it touches you know a lot of pacifica people and in their soul deeply you know um so yeah maybe tomorrow was genuinely like one of the first it's like probably the first reggae song i've ever actually heard ever you know and that it almost you know kind of set the blueprint for just everything else in my life and everything else that i heard and how i process music and yeah and the and the and the horn solo is just so sick i just think it's the <laughs> best thing ever so yeah let's dive in you're 100%. listening to out of the box on fbi 94.5 as picked by solly this is ub40 with maybe tomorrow You're back listening to Out of the Box. This is Emily Elvish on FBI 94.5. I'm joined by Solly. We've just been chatting about your life a little bit, but I'd love to dive into something a little bit more recent on your radar. Tell us cool. a little bit about the Black, the Bankstown Poetry Slam that just Ooh, happened. Yeah. Uh, first of all, very amazing experience to be able to have a forum like that to share you know, writing, which I consider very personal to me and to have it received, um, you know, with the same love and care that I feel like I show it, you know, so that was just really great to uh, have, you know what I mean? And just really great to just see with my own two eyes and, and feel, you know, so I always thought it was an interesting concept, you know, because, um, you know, like I rap, you know, and I've always considered rap, you know, that is poetry, you know what I mean? It's expressing yourself through spoken word, you know, or language, you know what I mean? So, um, and initially, you know, I just thought I was just going to go and just like, just kind of observe and see how it was. But uh, I decided, oh, I might want to share something, you know what I mean? So um, I went to one of those nights, uh, ended up getting picked because the way it works is that you, uh, you, you don't know if you're going to get picked to go up, but you submit your thing anyways. And so I managed to get picked. Um, I shared something which I wrote, which got like a, a really warm response, which made me very comfortable. Um, and then I realized, you know, just how much of a, a important forum it is, you know, to share. Because, uh, you know, when, when, when we put it in music, it's, it's received with the music in mind it's received with the the production and the you know and the groove or it's you know it's it's got all these sonic elements to it that you you take it for whereas you know i think when you really strip it back and you look at it in its raw element and you look at the actual words and and, and the pictures that we're painting with our words uh it almost it is it's completely different art form it almost takes like a new life but if anything, that's what we utilize in our music anyway. So, you know, why why wouldn't it make sense that it does it translate translates over into a spoken medium? Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm really curious if you mentioned that it's fed into your music a lot. Who yeah. are some people who influence your poetry? Oh, okay. I guess I guess you know strictly from like a a writing perspective. Um, my goat is. Andre 3000 I think he is an amazing writer I think he can just convey the simplest things but with just just this really interesting complexity to it but you know he'll he'll touch on something that's just so far back in your mind so you know he'll he'll um 
uh, I guess there's like certain lines that he would say. Uh, uh, he had a line on like a Rick Ross song where he's just talking about um, drawing LL Cool J lyrics on 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 construction paper with crayons. You know what I mean? He's just he's just trying to convey the fact that I was young, you know. But that's how he said it, and it's like, oh, okay. Instantly, I'm like that. I'm I'm right there with you. Like, oh, I'm I'm that kid. You know what I mean? Um, someone like Andre 3000, Justin Howard conveys things. I think um, someone that's there's one other rapper, Yo Odrick, who I used to listen to religiously, and he he had this line. He's like, I tell these little kids a story. I kid you not. And I just thought that was so cool because I'm like, oh, kid, and then there's like, kid you not, and it means two things. And I'm just like blown by it, you know. And so I've always just tried to incorporate that into my writing. So um, even even someone even someone like um, Azalea Banks, I think the way that she flows over beats, um, the way that she will flip back her words and um you know it all makes sense it all it all when you actually read everything out it makes so much sense but you know on a beat it's just so sticky because it almost sounds like the same rhyme the whole way through you know um and i've just always admired that skill of her and to do it over the beats that she does too i think it's like a whole different avenue that i don't actually think many people actually talk about her rapping ability like that but it definitely had like a huge influence on how i approach rap so and, and poetry in that so yeah just to name a few otherwise i could go for days yeah <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of another one, actually, um, you've chosen Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> as yes. one of your songs yes. and you picked Californication. Yes. When yes. did you first cross paths with this one? Oh my gosh. Nah, okay. So, so Red Hot Chili Peppers was something that my uncles, uh, you know, my uncles came from like South, they immigrated from South Auckland over to Australia and Red Hot Chili Peppers was one of the artists that, you know, they or somehow all loved you know apparently that was like the thing you know so they brought all those songs over so uh, you know even even amongst like the hip-hop and the r&b and the reggae you know i'd hear like you know give it away or i'd hear like suck my kiss or you know i'd hear by the way you know songs you know just real um I guess I guess maybe it's just the funk. I guess maybe it's really the funk that tied a lot of it together, um, which is something I've come to notice now when I listen to certain genres and I kind of realize what I appreciate. And it all comes back to the funk, and that's like a huge big of that's a big part of Red Hot Chili Peppers sound. It's like the funk, you know. Californication I specifically always remember because I found that song by myself. And I had found it just, you know, being curious on the internet and just looking at different videos and music videos and um, Californication. I was like, oh, this looks cool. This looks like Tony Hawk's Underground, you know, because it's like the video game one and they're like swimming. And, you know, I was just like, oh, this looks cool. And then it like blew my mind because I was I've just never I had never seen a video like that. I'd never seen a video, you know, kind of like it looked like a game. You know what I mean? And I just I just thought that was just the coolest thing ever. And I and and, and you know, obviously, like the the shots um, into with them of them actually playing you know the, the song and stuff like that um it just took a huge hold in my brain just purely because of that nostalgic factor because obviously i grew up playing games and stuff you know so this might be a little bit of a side tangent but i'm really curious if there's a game that you would love to soundtrack oh good question oh man um i feel like Wow, that's so. That's a, such, that's a such hard a good, one. I'm sorry. That is such a good question. <laughs> oh, I feel like I would love to soundtrack. Actually, I would love to soundtrack like a Tekken game. Mm. Yeah, I would love to soundtrack like a fighting game. I just would love to see how my sound would translate over into that. 
yeah, I feel like that would be really cool for some for some reason, you know, just like a, maybe even doing like the punch down and it's just like a shot, Sully. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> but you know, the idea, so yeah, yeah, the idea of itself would just be so fire. Yeah. So yeah, probably like a Tekken or even a Street Fighter game. Yeah. Hectic, hectic. Well, let's dive in. This is Red Hot Chili Peppers with Californication. Selected by, I guess, Sully. You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI 94.5. We'll be back on the other side of this track. You're back listening to Out of the Box on FBI 94.5. We're joined by Solly. We were just listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers with mm-hmm. Californication. Such a good track. Yeah. I'd love to talk a little bit about collaboration for a second. Sure. In particular, Full Circle. Sure. How did Full Circle come to be? Tell me the story. Um. Well, we'd all kind of like really known each other anyways you know um so the main gist of it is that uh you know uh so so pj bryant and omar breakfast road they all went to school with uh dylan uh, dylan atlantis um me and zon garcia bloke sitting like right on the couch over there went to the same school uh fabian had gone to another school but me him and pj had met at the same apple interview yeah, actually, because there was, I'm gonna just fast forward this to the to the seminal the seminal moment. Yes, yes. Um, Fabian had all uh, cordially invited us to this uh, event at Circular Key, uh, and somehow we all showed up. We all rocked up. Yeah, which is crazy. And there's always normally there's always someone's missing or someone doesn't come. But this specific day, and this was early 2022, we all coalesced you know so thank fabian for that thank mr friday then we end up deciding oh let's get something to eat we go to what pancakes on the rocks was it um look love love to the establishment but like pancakes on the rocks i yeah, i ain't really i ain't really with it but like it's kind of like yeah <laughs> but it, it's cool you know there's like pancakes and it's on the rocks like cool that's cool cool little gimmick <laughs> yeah it's cool 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 little thing but we all just met each other at the right time you know what i mean and all came together at the right time because um i'd like to feel like we've had a positive effect on 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 music in our city and i'd like to feel like we've impacted the people around us in a a positive manner because i definitely feel like i've learned a lot and i've grown a lot because of my friends you know what i mean and that's that's all full circle is at the end of the day to me they're just my friends yeah so beautiful yeah Collaboration is such a vital resource for so many creatives and it obviously just teaches you so much about yourself, so much about others. Mm -hmm. How do you go about managing the process of collaboration when you're working with people? I honestly feel like it's just been so easy, honestly, because we all, we all tick at the same things. So it's funny, we'll be in a session and I don't know, maybe like Zahn will move, uh, like the drums like to the beat like like you might move it like a bar back and then we'd all just nod our heads and be like yeah yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and then maybe maybe nick would be like and then maybe we go like here and then like he might do like like a little like piano move and then we're like yeah yeah, yeah that's right 
And then, and then maybe like I'd like come in and like move a kickback or something, and then and then they'd be like, oh, mm. we'd all be like, oh, mm, doesn't feel right. And then I'd be like, okay, but how about here? Mm-mm. And we'll go, yeah, yeah, it feels right. So it's like because we all just kind of have, I feel like we just all have the same instincts for what what we like in music. That collaboration, honestly, has just been so chill. Talking about full circle, another one of the tracks you picked to play today is by Dylan Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. Little Bit of Love? Yeah. Um, this song is actually very emotional to me. Um, I had gone through a breakup maybe about two years ago at this point. And I, I had always appreciated... So this is off Dylan's first project, All She Wants. And I had always appreciated this particular uh, project just because I just thought it was so sick, you know what I mean? Like I just felt like I hadn't heard anything like that before, you know, coming out of the country or, you know you know what, in general, in general. And, I, and that applies to all, all of them, you know what I mean? I just felt like I just haven't heard anything like that ever, you know? So so to hear something like that come from, like, one of my friends, it's, I just always had a great appreciation for it anyways. But um, I had gone through this breakup and I had kind of, it was just kind of like a bit of a rough time, of course, you know what I mean? It's just reckoning with like um those emotions are just, you know, now you're now you're by yourself. You know what I mean? And it's like there's that that part of your brain, um, which was dedicated to someone else's thoughts, you know, just isn't there anymore, you know. So you kind of uh have to sit with everything that you've uh not necessarily been putting off but everything that you've haven't been able to to come to terms with you know um and so you know that's already a hard process in of itself but uh it's it, it was made harder when i had seen uh my ex out really really soon after you know and i i'm just kind of like the type of person that it's like you know kind of want to like like I want to throw myself into what I'm doing. I just want to work, you know. I just want to work. I don't want to be reminded of anything, you know. I just want to be here and I'm here and and whatever. Like I don't care about any anything, you know what I mean? Like so I just would try and shunt off a lot of that emotion and kind of tuck it, you know what I mean? But obviously that, that never works. It bottles up and and it comes out in the worst times. But uh, and so you know all these things just came rushing back to me and I was just like, damn. Like even through my work, I can't, you know, I can't escape these feelings you know and so um it was pretty funny like i had like driven there i had, like it was it was at this party and so we were all just like in the car together but they had all had their like own like ways home so unfortunately like me i had to go drive back home by myself amazing beautiful like i can definitely do this by myself uh for 50 minutes yes i have to sit in silence um but you know obviously i didn't want to sit in silence because that's my thing i'm just trying to ignore everything right so you know i seen her and i'm just like damn like okay cool um, that's her. She's a person, and she exists, and she's gonna just live in this world. And I have to come to terms with her just being present in this world. And yeah, um, but you know, on the drive back, I'm in silence. I'm trying to just like not think about it. But you know, I'm like, no, I can't do the silence. Silence, silence sucks. Like, um, I need to put on some music. So I, I go and I like press shuffle, um, and. I think like what the first song was like what like Zap and Roger and I was like no I'm not trying to listen to this and so I skip it um and then the next song is um Little Bit of Love and the lyrics of it just hit me so hard that I don't think I think that's just one of the most cathartic experiences I've had listening to music and it means the most to me that it came from someone I treasure so so highly you know on a personal level um 
you know, I've always just had like a deep respect for Dylan because of that, that, that her music, that her music was able to make me feel that way. And the lyrics of the song just really, you know, touched me in that particular moment. And then I just remember being in the car, I'm literally driving and it's raining and I'm like crying, you know, while I'm driving, you know what I mean? It's just, it was just, but I felt better. I felt better after just listening through the song, you know, and hearing everything that, you know, Dylan was expressing and kind of living vicariously through that, having my emotions get almost you know um i guess you know mirror it back to me and then and it kind of just made me feel okay you know and i said okay cool okay that's that's how you feel all right at least you know how you feel as opposed to trying to tuck it away and trying to ignore everything because yeah that wasn't obviously going to work you're going to see her at things you know so yeah the song has always uh resonated resonated with me um to this day because of that experience and for that i'll forever be in debt to dylan for that have you yeah. ever told Dylan the story? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she cried too. But Aww. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's yeah. It's a very tender moment. But um, yeah. That's one of my best friends. Aww. Yeah. Let's dive in. This is out of the box on FBI ninety four point five. As picked by Solly. This is Dylan Atlantis with a little bit of love. You're back listening to Out of the Box on FBI 94.5. We're here with Solly. We've been chatting away, diving into all the stories, and I'd love to talk about Hotter Out West. Ooh, yay. So much to talk about, but I would love to hear from you. What was the need for bringing this event around? Um, Honestly, there was just no haps in the area, and the area has historically just been so dead for our you know, for our, like kids our age. And I had gotten together with a bunch of very uh, other talented boys who are also very talented creatives in their own right. Um, and just was like, you know what? We should we should just throw a party. Let's just throw like a mad party and let's just curate it mad. Cause uh, I had already had like a bit of experience kind of throwing parties out in the city anyways. So I had always just felt like, oh, we can do the same thing, but we can just do it out West. But the only, the only obstacle was just, we just never had a space, but um, we used to uh, use this space uh, common house which is formerly called open source a lot which is like this warehouse uh slash creative space in uh glen denning which is you know right in the heart of you know the, the greater west um and all of us were sort of based around there anyways so you know i kind of came to them and i just was like yo let's like let's just like let's just throw a party like a lit one you know what i mean um and get djs that are also from the area you know and and also you know they're like our mates you know and all, and honestly started out like so simple like it was just what like you know we put the decks in the middle of the the warehouse turn the lights off just you know crazy selects you know we have like so many really talented um uh, electronic djs out in the area that, that honestly like never really got that much shine but you know being able to do that Plus with me, you know, I, I had kind of already made a bit, a few inroads already with, with the DJ circuit kind of doing my thing. Um, I felt like I was able to bring a lot of attention to that, but I think it was much needed really just cause you know, no one had been to parties out like, you know, out, out West like that, you know, it was always historically what, like, like, um, 
house parties. It was house parties and, and the music that gets played is like, I don't know, it's like, it's like Usher. You know what I mean? And it's like, oh, you know, yeah, love. Like, it's great. But, you know, I don't want to go to like the next house party the next weekend. And then it's like, they're also playing Usher and, and Lil John. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, cool. I want, I'm kind of trying to hear some, some, something different, you know? And it just, it just happened so that a lot of these other, uh, you know, kids that, that were trying to come to these parties, these other um, people our age that were trying to come to these parties wanted the same thing. You know, they all wanted to hear different things out West, you know, and, and if anything, you know, that spreads it to the name Hotter Out West. You know, I feel like um, a huge portion of this city's creative economy is is from the West, you know, and it's it's just all the melting pot of influences and cultures and upbringings and, and music uh, growing in the house and that all just kind of coalesced into these really crazy nights, you know. Um, it was really crazy seeing, like, people trek it from the city out and then they go to me wow that's a long trek i'm like yeah duh we have to do the thing we have to do that every day you know what i mean like i gotta drive an hour out from from where i stay out here and it's like normal for us um so to have that be so local and to have it even be like oh it's like what seven like like five minute drive from my house oh mad you know i've never had that before you know what i mean i never i never had that in a, in a safe space you know and i think that's another thing that was great about those parties um that is still great about those parties is that they provide a safe space for um folk that might not be into you know what what necessarily is the the, the main culture out west you know what i mean and and but you need that you need you need alternative spaces you can't just funnel everything into one thing and expect everyone to be happy no you need options and so i just felt like hotter out west was just an option that was just people didn't realize they wanted it but it, you know when that happened they realized they needed it yeah you know? so yeah it was a great time and um uh, like you know i give my hat off to the boys for keeping that going and keeping it strong so and shout out to them for winning the best party award for fbi too yes yep. you've chosen another song from outcast yes this is the way you move mm. we talked a lot about andre 3000 and outcast yes but very keen to hear your thoughts on this track well, this this one is off Speaker Box, which is um Big Boy's solo album. But uh, this song I've always just like loved because this was like the first uh like non church song I ever remember hearing, and I just remember thinking like like you know, I was a kid, I couldn't process it. Like I don't under I didn't understand production, I didn't understand um, lyricism or whatever at the time. But I just remember thinking like, wow, this is really good, you know, <laughs> just like really enjoying it. I think it was like the Edge was playing it at the time, um, you know. Um, and so I'm just like you know in the car. Um, I don't even remember where we were on the way to, but I remember what road we were on. It was like this, it's like the, the one road from St. Clair to like, uh, to Mount Jewett. Um, is it Roper Road? The Roper Road? Yeah, Roper Road. And I just remember being there and I think we're going to turn onto the M4 and then this car's like, this song's like bumping and I'm just like, wow, the, wow, this is mad, you know? And I'm just like, wow. And so I feel like that's, there's so many tendencies in this song, which ends up translating into my music which is funny it's like one song you know but i feel like i've taken so many bits and like tidbits from this particular song even the way big boy raps on this and the hook and um the arrangement even um sleepy brown who sings the hook and, and the melody that he sings later on like i just feel like there's there, those melodies are like the things i perk up on you know and it makes i guess it makes a lot of sense looking back at it now considering what um you know i the music that i grew up on listening to in the house and the music i was exposed to early on i might not have remembered it but I, I can kind of see how this song kind of took a hold of me as like my first proper non-church music memory. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm really keen to dive into this one. 
This is Outcast with The Way You Move. You're listening to Out of the Box on FBI Listening to Out of the Box on FBI 94.5. We just heard a track from Outcast. That was the way you move. It's a classic. And it was mm. picked by Solly, yep. our guest on the show. How are you doing, Solly? We're doing good. Really good questions, honestly. Props, props to you for for, oh, thank you. for making this a comfortable space. Oh, thank you. You're an amazing storyteller, so you've made my job very easy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'd like to dive in and take a little bit of like look at your work, look at your production. Yeah. I'm really curious, what is it that you look for in a sample when you're going about a session? Um, <laughs> that's so funny, this sampling question, because you got like the sampling guard like right here. Um, Mr. Zong, I see um, I, I Like, honestly, like with when I sample, I look for like, I, I look for the, the actual content. Like, I guess that's probably the way I'll describe it. Like, I guess, because... I guess I, I'll hear a sample and I'm not really like a, a chop guy. Like I don't really chop, but I just try to look for samples, which just are very catchy or, just, you know, samples that I'm just like, oh, I would listen to on repeat, you know? Uh, and so through that, I feel like I find really sticky, you know, bass lines or I find really sticky melodies or um, so something like um, apply to pressure, you know, on, that that is just like a, I just took the baseline, you know, and I just really took it. So, yeah, even even like I don't even sometimes I don't even sample the original uh, composition. Like I'll I'll like try and interpolate the melody because I just love the melody so much, and then I'll try change it. Um, so you know, and e even just like stretching through through other songs, you know, there's beats I'll make which don't have uh, melodies, but uh, beats I have which are completely original. But then I'll go. Oh, like there's this melody in this song which I really like, and I'm gonna put this in here, you know, and and that's my kind of like version of sampling as opposed to chopping. That's not to say I haven't made beats beats in which I've chopped and stuff, but honestly, like I I really just go by just the general actual melody composition the, and the way the chords feel to me, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, um, and so you know whether that's just like whole loops or whether I chop it into something that I go and I listen to and I say, oh, that's cool, or I take you know the the raw bone of it and, and make it and flip it into my own way um yeah i guess i just look for whatever i just think it's just super catchy really really earwormy um and something that i can just put hard drums to yeah <laughs> when did you first start producing um i started producing year nine officially uh i think most people can like most most producers honestly can relate to the story of like getting cracked FL studio. Um, that's how I started out. Uh, and so I was making beats on FL for ages, and you know, because you, 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 you just like you just so curious about about like all, all different types of sounds. Or at least I was, you know. I tried making so many different type beats. I guess at that point in time, with the limited amount of exposure I had, so I was trying to imitate what like DJ Mustard at the time, because you know he was so big. So every beat I made, I tried to make it like sound like DJ Mustard, you know, um, or uh, Metro Boomin. You know, I try to imitate Metro Boomin, but you know, having that background from my upbringing, you know, I grew up with producers like Q-Tip and and Jay Dilla and 
and DJ Premier and Pete Rock, RZA. And so, you know, I try to make beats like that. And so I think through that, through just making all these different types of sounds and, and trying to just like, and I feel like that's just naturally how my style evolved. We're trying to imitate so many of my favorite artists and, and producers that I think like through that, you, you end up kind of chipping away you know it's kind of like a sculpture you're chipping away at it until you realize oh okay this is what it's supposed to feel like to me you know and ultimately it's supposed to be the most you thing and that's ultimately what i think resonates with people it's really like what's the most you beat or what's the most you song that you can do as opposed to trying to make something that you think people are gonna like because that and honestly you try to do things with people's expectations and minds and never 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 goes well you know what i mean and that and i feel like that applies to everything in life you know so i feel like just being the most authentic but obviously you have to practice and and put in your 10,000 hours I didn't even feel like I've put in my 10,000 hours yet I feel like maybe I'm like what like 5,000 hours through you know so but I like to think like if I'm five hours five hour five thousand hours through and I'm this I sound this good I can't wait to see what 10,000 hours Sully looks like so yeah 100% you've talked a lot about curiosity like in relation to your workflow and your music is that something that you try and like hone in on if you find something that comes to you, you're really interested in it, you'll just let yourself go? Yeah, oh, 100%. I think I think it's just like uh, we were having this discussion in the car. Um, art is all built on reference, you know, mm -hmm. so through someone's art, you can tell their references and you can tell, oh, okay, um, Steve Steve Lacey listens to a lot of Prince, Stephen Wonder and Andre 3000 because he uses these chords or he uses these and he uses that, he uses that. And it's like, oh, okay, oh, it, not necessarily that he listens to all of that, but you can tell these things that are there present in his music and it's like why is that uh, why does why does he like these things so much and, oh it's because he's curious about it you know what i mean you have to be curious about the art that, that you want to make if if you really want your art to shine like that so i just think that you know at least when it comes to full circle i think we're all just very curious creatures we're curious cats you know so yeah i love how you phrase that like searching for instincts yeah which i feel like it would be such a vital thing like you're searching for that feeling definitely when you're making music yeah and i feel uh, but i do feel like you have to train your instincts to to get to that point you know mm. what i mean and that but that comes with being curious and finding out you know what what else scratches that itch for me you know and okay like it's it's not just uh hip-hop rap and r&b oh it's it's house music oh it's like different forms of electronic music oh okay it's it's elliot smith oh okay he scratches my ear too oh, oh and then so all these things just coalesce into this package that i can call solid you know yeah absolutely thank you so much for joining us on out of the box no of course i appreciate you guys having me here it's great questions honestly oh, thank you it's yeah such an honor to have you here honestly and I want to end on a really special song. This is New Jabez with Worlds and Rhapsody. Oof, yes, yes. Can you give us a little bit of an outro to what to expect to this song? Um, I just always, I've just always loved this particular song from New Jabez, just because I've like, I feel like a lot of people really admire him for his uh, like, like his hip hop. You know, it's like you know the the jazz rap and the um the Love Six series with Shingo Two. Shout out to Shingo Two, but um. I've always felt like his take on house was actually so underrated because he managed to really, um, because I've always had this theory where I feel like, like if you have a strong background in hip hop, 
like you just kill it in house because it's like the same fundamentals and it's the same things, but just carried over to a different groove. And so when I listen to Nijabi's um, and I listen to like, you know, a lot of his house picks, I'm just always so captivated because he's managed to take the soundscapes um, from his hip hop beats, but manages to convert it into something so dancey and so groovy, you know, cause he's already got that in his drums, you know, so um, rest in peace also. Um, but this particular song, World's End Rhapsody, I was just always just so encaptured by it because of the way the, the sample sounds and the texture of it um you know it goes it, it it has like these these phases on it that come in every now and then and somehow the strings from from the end of the sample come in uh if you've heard the original um like and the, and it sounds so seamless but he's managed it to make it like a really seamless composition but it just has this really Oh, it has a really like final tone you know like I, I listen to it and i'm like yeah wow this really does sound like it's like the end of the world i don't know and i'm like at a club and this comes on and it's like the lights go on you know and everyone's just kind of having last drinks and dancing and but the media is about to hit you know what i mean there's like yeah wow this is the perfect soundtrack and it's so somber and it represents so much about what i love about new Jobs music and what i love about just you know soundscapes and how people can communicate emotions through just soundscape in general because this track doesn't have many lyrics this track that actually barely has any lyrics you know purely instrumental but you know i feel so many different things from it that i can't put into words so i feel like it's the perfect closing song too definitely 100 percent. thank you so much again for joining us thank you for having me i appreciate that very much you're listening to Out of the Box on FBI 94.5. As picked by Solly, this is New Jarvis with Welt and Rhapsody. Thank you so much for joining us. Stay with us. Lunch will be next. Yeah.